Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you so much for joining in episode 216 with Mr. Guy Andrews, former Ironman champion, uh, very well known back in the day, back in the 90s, uh, won three titles, I believe, and has since become a, a triathlete and uh, competing at a pretty high level uh, at his, or in his 40s and um, doing very, very well. He guys had a you know an interesting background. His father was right into fitness and sport and so forth, and he's followed through. So we're going to talk a bit about that journey today or his journey through uh, his upbringing and his dad's influence on him and also, uh, I suppose, some of his observations with regards to his own mental health uh, coming through a competitive sport and also uh, what he observed with others, uh, I suppose, in the uh, disciplines that he was in uh, throughout the last few decades. So it could be a, a really interesting chat, you know, a really uh, inspirational guy, um, you know, competed at a very high level and still does. And, um, you know, lots to learn from um, from this fella, I, I think for sure, you know, that can help uh, us whether we're into fitness or whether we're not, just to get some inspiration and some things that we can actually do to keep ourselves moving to improve our physical and mental well-being, I think it's really important, particularly as we get older. So I'm sure you'll enjoy this chat. If you'd like to uh, send me some feedback, please do to support at outbackmind.org.au. If you'd like to help us out with a donation, uh, I'd be really grateful. <laughs> uh, best, uh, best to jump on the website, uh, outbackmind.org.au. Have a look at it. And uh, yeah, if there's anything you can do to give us a hand, I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to become a partner of us, uh, have a look at our partner options. And uh, if you're a business, get on board because we're uh, making some significant changes out here to be able to give uh, guys insight and to be able to prevent uh, mental health issues as much as possible. You know, we've got a really reactive culture in modern society. I don't want to see many guys uh, going and getting help because there's so much we can do to prevent that and to give guys the ability to be able to uh, manage themselves better, you know, I think is really key rather than the reactive culture that we have, which is necessary when people need it, but I think we can do more, you know, so please jump on board if you can, give us a hand, really appreciate that. Thanks for listening in and really appreciate your feedback. G'day, Guy, how are you, mate? I'm good, Aaron, how are you, mate? Hey, pretty good. Now, I need to, uh, sorry, go ahead. Thanks for the invite. Oh, no worries, mate, really pleased to have you, but... I'm actually really curious, and this is uh, coming out of left field, but a good friend of ours on the podcast that's been on about four or five times, Trevor Hendy, <laughs> I reckon yeah. you, you've had a few challenges with him uh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, what a, ge- what a gentleman. He's, uh, I mean, we've actually got this bit of a brotherhood across all of the Ironman guys that raced against each other in that Uncle Toby's era through the 90s, and uh, yeah, it's like, a, like we're a pack of uh, blood brothers, but uh, Trevor and I, when we see each other at an event, because he's following his son around a bit now and I coach so we bump into each other a little bit and there's I always get this big bear hug from this six foot four gentle giant behind me every time he bumps into me he's, but we're um yeah mate what an absolute weapon and uh racing against him you know week in week out for 12 years of that Ironman series um 
it's a really interesting insight into the personality of people. Mm, for sure. It'd be bloody competitive back then. Yeah, super competitive. But uh, um, what I've, you know, some of the takeaways for me are just, uh, you know, I know how hard I pushed myself to be the best I could possibly be and to be, you know, be pushed to your absolute limits by a, a, another athlete. Um makes me give you know have absolute respect for them because you know i know how hard i've worked so i understand that you know they've worked just as hard and uh whether you win or lose if you put 100 percent into it um i always come away feeling feeling good about the, the result oh mate that's so uh that's such an important message because yeah it doesn't matter about the competition at the end of the day really i think if you're doing something which could improve yourself i just think that uh yep. that's that's the the gold medal at the end of the day you know Oh, 100%. Yeah, some of the most satisfying um, moments in my sporting career have been losses, um, mm. which sounds odd, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've known that I just had nothing left on the table and, and uh, I actually raced over in Lord Howe Island and a, an event was uh, staged for television. It was the Ironman versus the triathletes and I it was three run-swim events. So obviously the common the common the two common legs in a surf Ironman race and a triathlon are the swim and the run. And then obviously the triathletes do the bike and we do the surf ski and the board paddle. So we came together and we raced each other on swim and run events. We did three events across three days in Lord Howe Island. They picked four of the best Ironman and four of the best triathletes and, and they were the best in the world at that, that stage in the mid nineties leading up to the Olympics. And, uh, and I won one and then, um, uh, Brad Bevan, who was a three-time world champion, won the other one, and then it came down to a head-to-head at the end of the third one, and he beat me by a metre. Jeez. And, uh, well, how long? I, and I was oh, – a oh, 40-minute race. You know, I was I – was, I was stoked because he was the best in the world, had this massive worldwide recognition, and I was, you know, coming up in the Ironman ranks, had won a series and hadn't won my second series at the time. But my I gave him a big hug and we high-fived and we had a beer afterwards and it was just like one of those moments. And that was actually what made me think, yeah, you don't have to win to feel fulfilled. Mm, that's right, mate. Isn't it amazing, though, like how – how driven like we we become i think a lot of it comes from when we were young just that competitive nature and and how we we don't feel as guys fulfilled unless we're the best you know sometimes which is i think Mm. it's a a real trap yeah it is a bit of a trap i um and i and i sort of instill that into some of my young athletes that i coach now it's not not about the end result it's about you improving your best and being you know, personally taking a step forward every day and improving your, your where you're at, it's it's irrelevant where you are in the grand scheme of things, so long mm. as you're always moving forward. Mm, that's it. Mate, uh, how old are you now? 52. 52, shit. So Trev's 54, yeah. so he had a couple it, of years on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I snuck up. I was uh, only very the youngest guy in the series when we started it. In 1989, 90 was the first year the Uncle Toby series started and I was 19 and... Trevor would have been 21 in his prime. So that was an interesting couple of years because he was he was right in his, you know, the beginning of his prime years and he won this new big Flash Uncle Toby's Ironman series uh, two years in a row or three years in a row. And uh, the second and third year, I was second to Trevor two years in a row. And uh, I still remember distinctly hearing from one of the other Ironman, Dwayne Tyres, he's a real character. It'd probably be good to have on your show, actually. He's um, He's been a former world Ironman champion and, expat out of south australia and he said to me oh you know you won the humans race trev's a freak no one will ever beat trev and i was really 
really kind of, I was only 22 and I was full of, you know, hadn't learned a lot of things about life, really. I was, yeah, you get very focused on your objective is to just be the best Ironman I could be. And, mm. and so probably in a lot of respects, I was so narrow on that focus that you sort of almost become a little bit numb to the sort of being a, uh, the you know emotional intelligence side of things. I was maybe a late developer. I would call myself a late developer in that front. Mm. But um, but I I just got half mad at Dwayne and said, no mate, that's that's bullshit. I can I can beat Trev. You know, it's, he's human just like me. I know he's a big big man and he's intimidating even in his presence. You know, he has such a big stature about him. I said, but I refuse to buy into that way of thinking. And I went home, just put my nose to the grindstone that, all that winter and trained so hard and I actually. That next year was a battle, and I managed to win the crown, like the overall series against Trev for the, mm. the first guy to beat his three-year dominance. So Jeez. it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a thing, um, and very interesting. Upon reflecting on some of the lessons learnt from having to push so hard you know, on, on that, mm. was it something that you like had as a young fella? Because I know Trev. Um, like he was like not that great. He was sort of you know coming sixth and seventh in the races and that, and, mm. and then he sort of like you know really focused on turning the corner at some point to be the best, and that was his focus. He wanted to be the best in the world, uh, and, and yeah. that's that's what he become. But you know, did you have uh, at, a, at a young age a burning desire, like uh, like a natural desire to to be your best? Was it something that, that you had to work hard on? Were you naturally talented or was it something that just sort of, you know, you, you evolved uh, as you got older? I think at a young age I, I had this uh, burning desire to be the best. I don't know where it came from. I don't know whether it was in my environment. Or, my dad was, you know, a, a fit athletic guy and he was my coach and he was always by my side and he, he was a really good influence on me in terms of, you know, training and getting out there and, and leading by example. So, you know, I owe a lot to his, his him as a role model and um, – and uh, I, um, yeah, I always remember just being competitive. And uh, when I started, I started relatively what they call these days relatively late as a, as a nipper, as a young surf saver, as a 10-year-old, which, believe it or not, was late. <laughs> Kids start at, you know, age six these days. and um, But I was very quickly, by the first end of the first year, I was national champion in the Ironman race, but as a nipper, it's just a board paddle and a swim with a little run between it. Mm-hmm. And I won every year of the nippers at national level, and I just got on a snowball of confidence, you know. And it's amazing how that that works, you know. And I, I just had that belief because I was getting the results, and I just snowballed and snowballed and kept going. And you know, I won at a national level in every age group, all the way through to the to the seniors, and uh, mm-hmm. and just wanted to become a professional. I could see, you know, Grant Kenny on TV doing Nutrigrain commercials, and then Trevor came along, and then you know, I was jumping at their heels. I'm like, give me a piece of this action, you know. <laughs> so I was very lucky in terms of just timing with the sport and timing with or having the right people around me. It, it taught me that, you know, having those right, and I call them, um, you know, having the right positive role models and positive people around you is is really important in terms of achieving and and moving forward and I always tell kids you know I'd be able to identify the acid people in your life I like to call them and it's just the people that would rather you slow down so that they feel better about themselves and then boost you up and so it becomes really evident um as you become more successful and kid you know a lot of people have have trouble with that it could be the closest people in your family right there and 
around you that are actually feeling intimidated by your success that you know want to slow you down a little bit so rather than them speeding themselves up so mm, it's uh, mate, unfortunate that's, but that's just happens a lot it does mate yeah no, no, I, I was having some uh, some some thoughts about that then too and uh yeah it's, it can creep up on you you can be in an environment where you think you know things are okay but there's there's people around you which are yeah you're right slowing you down in many ways and just to be aware of that yeah. i think it's really important yeah i think um you know it's hard to like I say to kids too well you know we've always called it the tall poppy syndrome you know like you know if you stand out you get you get chopped out things are changing a little bit these days but then again maybe they're not you know like you get a lot of cyber bullying and stuff going on people that sort of put themselves out there so a lot of people sort of pull back into their safe space and they don't want to achieve so it's really important to have your network and your close people around you to be really supportive of you and I've I've basically say to so my young athletes, look, um, you might have someone in your family that you can't remove yourself from, but you just need to be able to understand where they're at in their own personal journey. And it might not be, um, uh, you know, they might not feel good about themselves. It's not necessarily a reflection of you. It's more a reflection on how they feel about themselves. So if they can understand that and remove themselves from that, stop judging themselves for how the other person may be projecting onto them. It's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough it's a tough one as a young adult or even as adults to, to learn that, you know, to be able to identify these different people. And when you find that person that wants to support your agenda or your future and they're not they're not trying to take away from it, um, you know, that they're the ones you want to hold close to you. Mm, amazing, mate. It's interesting. I'm thinking while you're, while you're speaking then about you leaving Newcastle and going up to the Gold Coast and obviously you were pretty close to your old man. How did, mm. you, how did you go, like, uh, with that separation uh, for the first period? Well, he came. He came up and coached. It was it was pretty much his idea. He was my <laughs> coach, and he saw that, you know, we needed to have a year-round weather improvement. So, I mean, that transition was easy. But um, it was funny at the time. I was um, pretty well set in Newcastle. I had really good local support and sponsorship, and, and uh, people were looking after me. And uh, and I actually didn't want to move to Queensland. But I got a bit of pressure from, the, from my dad. So interesting in hindsight looking back on it you know there was probably aspects within my own my my own family and my dad where he was using me to further his agenda as much as uh you know as a two-way street so you know you know here we are 30 years later and it you know and and life's not always a perfect scenario but we made it work and um you know and it was a hard balance having father son and the father coach mm. situation so it was never it was never always uh rosy mm. and um and you know these are these life lessons that you sort of learn along the way but uh, you know we made it work i had you know all of my success pretty much continued uh, when we moved to queensland did you feel like giving it away sometimes because maybe your old members giving you too much pressure yeah yeah a little bit i started sort of mid-20s I, I actually it's funnily enough I won the Ironman series at 23, and uh, it, it felt to me like it was very much my mum and dad were like living out of my back pocket. And I said, "Look, you guys need to go away and do some of your own stuff now. Just leave me be." And it was a bit of tension there. And then um, they took a bit of a step back. But then what I actually said to my dad, um, "Why don't you take up? I'm going to start doing some triathlons in the off season." I'm interested in it. We'd, we'd done this race against these world's best triathletes and I'd been pretty good at it. And, and I said, I'm going to do a few triathlons in the off-season. Why don't you have a crack at them? Because he was a you know, pretty fair athlete, my dad. And so um, we got a couple of bikes and started doing some 
cycling and we went off to an off-season triathlon and the old bugger won the 55 to 59 Australian Championship <laughs> and uh, and he was off and running. And it was actually really good because it gave him a little bit of a focus back on to his own, mm. himself, you know, and his own personal development. And he, he, you know, fast forward 10 years and he was 10-time Australian age group champion, 10-time Noosa age group champion. He'd become a world triathlon champion and he, he, was, a, he was a different guy. And he, he's had a better perspective on me as an athlete and a coach um, and we grew closer because we were competing in the off-season together in triathlons and stuff. So, yeah, that was a really interesting turning point. Amazing, mate. Like, how good would, would that be? Like, you know, that's all a young bloke really wants is, um, you know, that companionship and that guidance. But when it becomes pressure, that's really difficult. And, and a lot of young fellas yeah. can turn the other way real quick. But uh, just to have your old man by your side, you know, out there getting getting yeah. the Ks under your belt, I think uh, is really, um, <laughs> really, uh, really yeah. amazing. Yeah. Some of the most inspirational memories, you know, of seeing him, you know, we'd be on a 120k cycle on a Sunday and he's powering along behind me, at, you know, in the, well into his 60s and it was just, just, a, just a massive, um, a massive inspiration to me. I was uh, um, part of one of the things that I wanted to spread was the awareness of, of prostate cancer because dad actually passed away from secondary uh, bone cancer from pros- prostate cancer in 2018 mm. so it was a really difficult time in my life and uh you know having someone so close to me suffer from that and then i sort of vowed that i would would keep on top of my own personal my own health and spread the word about just getting your your psa levels tested a blood test done uh, especially once you've reached the age of 40 and getting it done regularly and and and, and recording that that number so you can trace any changes in that number so i've been sort of pushing that word out uh for a few years now and uh you know it helps me sort of feel like it wasn't always seeing you know such a strong man sort of wither away because it's the preventable disease if we can stay uh stay on top of it and stay aware of it yeah mate and that's the thing like I often talk about, you know, that whole about mind philosophy is about prevention and, uh, you know, really, really looking after your, your mental health as well as your physical health too. And um, uh, the, the whole system, as, as you know, is, a, is about sort of gearing us to, 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 to I suppose, disempowerment and they can make money out of us that way. So Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I just yeah. think it's, it's, it's smart to flip things around and actually take control of your own life rather than outsource it, you know. Yeah, I think, um, you know, blokes are just so stoic, you know, they, 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 oh, nothing's going to happen to me and I'm okay. But I, I've noticed even, you know, since I've turned 50, my, my body's not, doesn't do the things that I wanted it to do as automatically as, it, as it's done in the past. And I've looked after myself pretty well and I'm, mm. I'm still pretty fit. But, you know, you notice little things happening and I've, I've well, you know what, I'm going to make, just going to, it's as annoying as it is, I'm going to make that appointment at the doctor's, I'm going to make sure I get that that blood test or, you know, whatever it needs to be and stay on top of, you know, I've got a toothache and I've got to get a wisdom tooth out and I can't be bothered getting the appointment. But I just go, you know, I've got to do it to stay healthy, to keep, you know, you kind of don't realise until you fix the problem that it was really a pain in the ass. Yeah, just and ignore it. it. And it, it affects your overall attitude towards everything, family, you know, being happy in yourself and happy with, you know, if you're happy in yourself, you can play with your kids, you can enjoy You've got enough pressures as it is, you know, as it, without having yeah. in the back of your mind deal with low-level pain, like small things yeah, you should really niggles. just deal with. Yeah, niggles that, uh, that hang around, mate. Tell me, um, mm. with regards to downtime, 
you know, when you were going so hard and that, and it was probably a hard thing for you to, to hit the, uh, the off button, I reckon, like uh, when you're competing mm. and, uh, and that, did you, did you find that you run out of like steam above the shoulder sometimes and you might have got depressed without knowing it? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm very less, I'm very much more aware of it now. Uh, as I said, I was probably a late developer in the emotional side of things. Like when I was younger, I had a lot of pressures. I had a, a, a relationship and had a young daughter at 24 in the middle of my Ironman career. So I was sort of probably looking back on it, I had all these things bundled on top of me and trying to stay focused on my career and, and didn't realise, you know, what what was going on on that emotional side of things. And so reflecting on it now, I I can see that, you know, I was lucky to have won my series three times like I did over that 12-year period because I was sort of up and down, up and down Mm. throughout that that period of time. But, you know, as I've gotten older and now I've got a – my daughter's 28. She's amazing, super successful, just got engaged last week. She's really happy. So that relationship survived through that – all of that and – um, and now I've got another six-year-old daughter, so I'm blessed. Um, so I've got two beautiful daughters. So it's an interesting comparison now that I'm 52 with a six-year-old daughter, the, the way that I uh, engage with her and the way that I'm a parent now that I'm not a professional athlete. You know, I've got a professional coaching career, but I'm a completely different dad now it's, and, it's, and I'm able to enjoy the process so much more. But mate, your your story is um is very common. Whether whether someone's an athlete or a boilermaker or a, you know an accountant, like at, mm. at that age they're going hard because they just want to be successful at their jobs and their career and, and all that. And yeah, um, yeah. And it's difficult because no one actually gives us the the script on how to be a good parent. Um and and, yeah. and really we we don't actually understand ourselves. And as, that's a beautiful way of putting it. You know that late emotional development because mm. I, I think. That's that's where the education probably needs to be going, rather than uh, times tables yep. in lots of ways. You know, to be able to help um, uh, yeah, young people totally. be self aware. I think that's really key. I've sort of pushed that that line a fair bit with my coaching. I've got a lot of lot of men and women, young men and women in that sort of 15, 16, 17. and then you know, and, and I can see it, and I just see them. You know, I, I say things to them that I wish I had heard when I was their age, you know, and just, just keep making them aware of the situation or how their actions affect other people and, and it's it's working, you know, just in that small environment that I've got and that'll hopefully butterfly effect out to, to people that they meet as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice to be able to affect people even in a small way uh, as a coach. So I think that's, like you said, it's just as important as the coaching process and from the physical side of, of it but the mental and emotional side of it as well. Oh, for sure, mate. You know, like, like you think about how much you've evolved, like in comparison with your dad. Like your your old man was probably really driven, but you now yeah. have this. Yeah, just a hard, yeah, one yeah. line hard man. Yeah, yeah, well, pretty common. Um, uh, mm. You know, I often talk about like your dad's era, and then maybe the the era before your dad. Like someone went to war along those um, lines, and and they were just driven mm. to be hard ass blokes primarily. Yeah, they never talk about anything. This closed off to. Yeah, to yeah. all that sort of stuff, and it's nice to like. The, I think the, the the key is to you know preserve that masculinity and still be a bloke, but still be able to open up and talk to people. And uh, you know, I use I, I love cars. You know, so I'm 
really passionate about cars and i've got a little group i've got a youtube channel called guys garage so mm-hmm. anyone listening please subscribe youtube <laughs> at guys garage um but you know i go out and i just pursue my passion which is driving cars testing cars talking about cars and i meet so many other blokes and uh and i use it like a, and my wife's fantastic i said to her the other day i said oh i've got a work truck now but i've still got my my fancy car in the garage that I only use for going to track stuff should should we sell it you know it's a bit of money tied up in it she goes no way don't sell it that's your outlet and <laughs> I went geez that's that's a nice thing for her to say like yeah, yeah. she she recognizes that you know once a month or once a fortnight if I can get the time I'll go and I'll take my car to the racetrack and it's one of those things one of the, for me personally it's a it's a sport or an endeavor that I do and when I'm in the moment like nothing else is in my brain mm, except right. for controlling that vehicle, following that driving line, getting the most out of the car, getting the most out of my skills. Mm. And I shut off from any external issues at the time because if I don't, I'm, I'm not performing. And it's and it's not too physically demanding compared to what I'm used to. And uh, and I just love it. I, always, I come away just so pumped. And, and I've met all these other guys that you do the same sort of thing. And so then we talk to each other about that and then we get together for a beer and then we, we talk about other things that might be affecting us in life. And, uh, we, you know, we sort of – we call it venting or whatever, but it's like having that round circle, you know, having a discussion. And, and a lot of the guys are in that sort of late 40s, early 50s and they're starting to understand that talking about it's okay. For sure, mate. You know, but you're, you're so um – yeah, you know, you you're so I wouldn't say lucky, but but really fortunate in many ways that you've come to this because that emotional maturity doesn't really happen uh, to to a lot of fellows even in their forties, fifties, mm. and beyond. And 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 you you bloomed late yep. in that space, but I just think you know the ability to be able to be aware of that and catch up is um is probably a real strength yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, and I and I I enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy it, and the way I speak to my daughter, and I actually just realised. I've got a lot of females in my squad and I don't know whether it's just by default that I've got daughters as well, but they like me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, I, and I get on with them well and I respect them and some of these young ladies that are coming through are so amazing and their, their work ethic and their attitude is just, you know, they're setting the, the standard for the boys yeah. and, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I, you know, I respect that and, I, and it's something that probably... 30 years ago, I wouldn't have seen as a less, you know, not emo- non-emotionally intelligent young fella. Mm. And if, if, if these young guys can see that and realise that they can learn, you know, that women can be just as strong, you know, in, 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 in different ways, and we all understand that they're not ever going to be quite as physically strong as just genetics, but they're so strong in so many other ways to, uh, to compensate for that. And if these young fellas can respect that and understand it, that makes them that little bit more emotionally intelligent. Oh, and I think sure. the whole package is better, you know. Oh, mate, it is. That's exactly right. And um, we, we have men's circles in Agnes and uh, we, we, mm. we talked pretty deep last night about, you know, how women are, uh, you know, they do that effortlessly and easily and guys are different and, um, you know, that's, mm. that's, a, that's a part of our makeup too. But I just think uh, it's, it's such a, um, uh, a key part of your holistic well-being to be able to, yeah. to, to do that stuff and talk about stuff and, um, 
Yeah, uh, there's nothing yeah. nothing worse than being stuck. You know, I reckon you would have been stuck as a young fellow emotionally, and I reckon oh, I, I know mm. I was. You know, I had stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was like but it manifests. It manifests in ways that you don't. You know, and and I in I remember being angry at, and not understanding why, and not taking the time to sit back and work out why. Mm. You know, like but even I was just thinking about coming on the podcast and thinking about how I still get angry. You know, almost almost at a daily basis, you'll find yourself getting angry or annoyed at something. But I'll go, oh, hang on a minute, why was I, why was I angry about that guy cutting me off in the traffic? And mm. what? And then I take the time to go, well, what's going on in that guy's day that caused him to do that, which then affected me? And am I going to allow that to affect the rest of my day? Yes. You know, like just it takes a bit of processing. Sometimes it's bloody hard. You know, you just want to go, well, that dickhead just cut me off in the traffic and he must be a muppet, you know, and then you think, hang on a minute, why am I saying this stuff? (laughs) But you know what, mate, I I, I, I just, uh, sorry to interrupt, but my my journey has been like to be able to look at the the masculine and the feminine energy in in guys. And uh, for me, Mm. if I was in a situation like that, rather than me get angry, I, I I sort of come to the conclusion that I, I automatically put put it out by by um, saying sorry or uh, or actually feeling sorry for the other person, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- because as soon as yeah. you do that, it, it just it just re- that's right, it changes. It, it yeah. does, mate. Reprograms yeah. the whole situation, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And and you know, and and you think about the domino effect of taking on that emotion and uh, and how that can mm. like manifest in you and hang around in your game. Uh, for a yeah. while, and then you can take that home with you, and then your six-year-old cops oh. it too, you know. Yeah, that's right. And then I'm my wife, you know, and it's just that emotional intelligence with females sometimes, you know, like I'll carry, you know, you'd be driving home and someone's cut you off and you get cranky and then you try to process and you're still talking about it when you get home and they just go, are you going to let that affect? You know, they just simply look at you and go, are you going to let that affect your whole day? And you go, oh, yeah, you're right, aren't you? <laughs> so, but I think it's, you know, it's when you do find yourself spiralling like that, I think, you know, that's what's so good about what you're doing is giving people, you know, tools to process this stuff because it's normal. Mm. These these feelings are normal and they might be whatever they're coming from, but it's nice to sort of go, to sit back and go, well, why do I feel like that or how can I process this? And, mm. you know, I, I was reading some of your stuff on your website. It's a great website too, by the way, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know that that whole breathing technique, and I think for me, exercise is a really big thing for me. And I'm really lucky to be able to have a job where I, you know, have the opportunity to exercise with my athletes. And uh, you know, it's, it's super important for me to to have that release. And I think just the actions of breathing while you're, you know, physically breathing while you're exercising, it's because I don't, I wouldn't, I'm not, you know, fully aware of the. The, the power of meditation and all that stuff and I've done it in the past but I, I find it really difficult to unwind and do that so getting the exercise in and then the breathing process and sometimes you can I can get into a meditative type state when I'm in a rhythmic training session wow. and, you know, especially if I'm on my own and, and I can you know block out those brain waves and just sort of shut down as well so it's sort of um you know, exercise for me is super important. I think it's something that should be in everyone's sort of, at some level in everyone's daily routine. Oh, mate, you know, the the, the best moments or the, the most uh, connected moments of my life were on a surf ski out in the middle of the ocean. Beautiful. You know? Well, that's funny you should say that. I, I you know, I learned to paddle a surf ski from my dad and uh, the closest I ever feel to him since he passed away is when I'm on my own out in the ocean mm. and I'll talk to him. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. Do you know what? Like, like this is a secret, guy. What, what's happening when you like? I, I can, I can, I can explain this as I'm going. So when I'm paddling, so it's like that. And what happens yep. is, is you know, you just get into this rhythm, but also you're actually using both sides of your body and both hemispheres of your brain are getting a workout as well. And that, yep. that, that's pushing blood from one side to the other and neural, neural pathways are opening up and, and getting a workout. But one, what happens is, you know, I, I sort of took the journey away from fitness into yoga and uh, explored that soft side of things. And what happens is, is when your breath gets into a rhythm like that, your mind follows it and it just settles down. And then your body yep. starts to, to follow it as well. But when you're stressed and you're tense in your mind, that, that, that tension goes into your body as well. And, yeah. um, you know, I really found, like, for me, like, out on a ski or, uh, or just running for a long period of time just, just gets you to the stage where you let go. And, and when, yeah. you, when you surrender and let go, then you can start to have conversations with your dad and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've got to find your thing, haven't you, really? Like, I mean, it's not, you know, people that are listening think oh running you know like, you don't have to run do you to get you no. get into that rhythmic feeling i mean it's it's your own level and your own pace you just got to carve that time out to mm. to do something and it's not you know i think a lot of guys too feel selfish when they exercise or do take time for themselves because they're you know they've got to provide for their family or whatever but i think the, the longer game is that you need to be able to continue to keep providing for your family so you've got to yeah. got to look after yourself as well it's the old uh, put your put your oxygen mask on first before you help the baby <laughs> yeah it's pre- pre- preventative maintenance mate it really is you know mm. well, i just think mm. that that's that's a that's a key term we've got to get into our game you know we've got to, we've got to do these things and we've got to just like your car if you you want to go race your car unless you're looking after it and putting the right stuff in and uh Tune yep. it up, then it's not going to perform that well, you know. That's right. Yeah, that's a de- de- decent analogy. But uh, so yeah, mate, it's it's mm. interesting. Like meditation, uh, all meditation really is is just getting you back to your calm, natural state again, you know. And that's uh, that that's really the way we're meant to be as, as as men and as humans. We're meant to be calm, and I think you know, one society throws us out of that consistently. So, you know, I know exercise is a great way to get that 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 beautiful sense of uh, inner peace again, and. Um, um, you know, meditation is a complement to um, to the physical movement. You know, in Australia, we we don't really appreciate and understand the wisdom that they talk about in these Eastern cultures about, say, the yin and the yang and that. You know, and yeah, you know, you know, yeah. the, the the racing and the, and all that sort of stuff's the yang. But if you haven't got the yin to balance it, that's when we can cook. Yeah, I guess, 100%. you know, above the shoulders. Yeah. So having that balance, I think, is really key. So that's something, you know, you can you can look at, uh, the, you know, the young people you're, you're coaching and training, and if they can get that into their game now, I think that's that's key to their holistic well-being. Yeah, I think in general, I mean, I don't know, you might be able to answer this question better than me, but I kind of hope and think that generally the population is, being, is, be, is more emotionally aware from mm. a younger age. I, I don't know if it's just something that I'm seeing differently as I've gotten older, but... You know, we're a little better as a population than we were, and I think you were talking about generations before. Definitely, you know, my dad and his dad would never be talking about this sort of stuff. <laughs> no, mate. No, that's it. I, I just think we're really lucky because we're in a in an unbelievable moment in time at the moment where we've seen all this bloody seesaw of bullshit go on over the last few years, and uh, mm. you know, people are starting to realise. Well, geez, you know. If I'm going to be living my life, I want to be able to live it to its full potential and its full capacity now, possibly. And, you know, there's more yep. people that are starting to come to that sooner rather than leaving it and maybe not even discovering it at all. 
Well, that's one thing I noticed. You know, seeing seeing my my dad pass away, I'm like, man, we are mere mortals. You know, we're only here for a certain time. Like when you, you know, a teenager or in your twenties or even thirty, you think, oh, this is just going to go on like this forever. I can just keep charging. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you're faced with this mortality. You know, I lost my sister to suicide in 2014. Mm. And so that that really rocked my family. Um, you know, I had, to, I had to tell my mum and dad like, it was the worst day of my life. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, um, so yeah, it's sort of like you realise you have a couple of these defining moments in your life, and you go, well, "I've got to make the most of what I've got, mm. you know, and, and and work on me and be positive and be a role model and make a difference in uh, in with my life and hopefully affect others positively." Do you know what, mate? Like, um, you, you've had a lot of positive experiences, but uh, there's also a lot of people out there that are listening that have had a lot of traumatic experiences as well, um, yep. you know, and that can still keep coming back. But there's a thing called post-traumatic growth, you know, just being able to, to use what you've been through in your life and your life experience to be able to say, you know, get back to what I mentioned before about this, thank you for what you've taught me. You know, now I'm ready to, yep. uh, to, to get on with... Um, with, with moving ahead and actually like really loving myself and loving my life and um, and that's something that yeah. uh, you know that, that a lot of people don't discover until they get to the end of it and um, you know mm. We, we, mm. We, we just miss the, the, the beauty in, in the moment and in the day that's always there for us you know and I reckon that's one of the one of the, the complexities about being a human because we've got this this you know, powerful brain but it also takes us away to these negative emotions consistently and yeah. It doesn't yeah. actually allow us to be present and uh, and enjoying life like we possibly could. I like that post traumatic growth. Never really heard. I've never heard that term before. Mm, well, we talk about stress, and you know, this is the thing of the clinical model. It's keeping you in this stuck bloody state. But I just reckon if you mm. can, like, actually appreciate you use that as a learning growth process, or you know, rather than a rather than something that's negative. Yeah, mate. But I reckon we've got a like, as I mentioned, a unique moment in time. But we can actually heal some of those traumas from the seven, seven generations before us, which have been brought into us because of all the stuff, uh, and yeah. to be able to flip them around now, you know, and uh, and sort of you know make sure that your daughter is going to be more emotionally aware than what you were, and all of a sudden you've got this snowball of good stuff going on. You know, if that's if that's the legacy you're going to leave behind, then you're winning. Oh, for sure, mate. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. I think of my kids and, you know, just how, how they are at their ages compared to what I was when I was their ages, and there's so much, yeah. you know, further down the track. It's amazing, yeah. you know. Oh, it blows me away what, you know, just where I've come to in my life uh, to see what, what's been passed on to my six-year-old daughter already. I mean, she's she's loves, she's in love with dancing. So mum was a, is a dancer and a dance teacher, and mm. she's um, she's competing she just just the process at that age and competes at a national level she's got national titles already but she the attitude that we have towards the dancing is that you know like we're not pushing her to do it like she wants to be there and do it and mm. enjoys it and loves it but but just the other day she had a big performance at uh, the gold coast art home of the arts which is a, a really big deal and she was up with all the older kids and she was in the next room doing her own makeup she does her own makeup at stage makeup at six <laughs> believe it or not and uh she um i walked in i said how are you feeling about it and she goes oh dad i'm nervous about the performance and i went oh yeah so you're going to be you know you're going to be fine you you've done the training and and then i walked out of the room and i could hear in the 
in the mirror saying, you've got this, girl. You go, girl. I've got this. On, <laughs> on the, you know, she was giving herself all these positive affirmations in the mirror mm. on her own because of what she's been taught and shown by mum and dad. And uh, mm. I was like, wow, she's six. They're like, <laughs> yeah. where's this kid going to wind up one day? It's, yeah. it's just that, that the, the approach to life and everything. Amazing, that, mate. Uh, it goes with it. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time. And I think, yeah, it can definitely affect lives in a positive positive oh, manner. Mate, you know, you, you touched on something there uh, that hit home to me. Like, if you do the work and you really drilled at what you're doing and but it, it comes time to perform and turn it on, you just go out and execute it, I think, and the nerves yeah. don't become yeah. part of it because you already know what to do and... It becomes more, it's really evident in the arts with the dancing, like they do all the work and they go out and perform it, you know, oh. they, they act or they, you know, they can add the facials and stuff like that. So I, I say that to my athletes, say, look, do the hard work now and the racing's easy, you can yeah. go and enjoy it. Yep. So when you stand on a race line and you're, and you're not prepared and you know you're not prepared, you have anxiety, you've got butterflies, you're nervous about the result, you're hoping that luck's going to go your way. When you've done all the work, you just stand there and go, I know I'm good. Mm. I know I've done the work. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to fall into place. But I like big one for me with coaching and training athletes in an amateur sport is, I mean, even in a professional sport, really, it's it's really just metaphor for life and their attitude that they're going to take into the rest of their life. Mm. Mm. Oh, for sure, mate. But you know, like she's getting a great self-discipline uh, practice already as as a young girl without force. You know, like yeah. like so many uh, yeah. so many boys and girls that are now men and women were forced to go to swimming training at four in the morning every mm. day until they were bloody seventeen, and then they become depressed. You know. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, well, you know that's the the big thing for us is, you know, not making her do too many competitions. You know, she'll only ever go if she wants to go. If uh, if she doesn't want to go, she doesn't go. And there's never a day where she's not, you know, the first one out the door with a the bag over his shoulder going, let's get going. You know, we wanna, I want to go mm. and practice because I just love it. Mm. So it, we're fortunate that she's found something at a young age that she actually has a passion for. And I think that's, you know, with my older daughter, I took her and we tried lots of different things until she actually ended up being super cool because she was so good at everything. <laughs> but she didn't actually want to become a, in the end, didn't want to become a professional athlete. And I never wanted her to push her into it because I knew how, you know, it's such a full-on thing. And, um, you know, she went and did a property economics degree. Now she's buying and selling and renovating houses and she's she's worth 10 times more than I've ever <laughs> made. So, you know, she's fulfilled and successful in that regard. But because as a young adult, I taught her how to swim and paddle a surf ski and ride a mountain bike and do all these different things, is she's met a, a another young bloke that's into the same kind of things as she's with, with – uh, property, but on the weekends they're out climbing mountains and riding mountain bikes and paddling and doing stuff because she's got all this skill set mm. that uh, that she learnt growing up. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be about competition, but uh, just personal growth, I think. That balance, mate, isn't it? You know, if, if she was mm. thinking about property bloody seven days a week, then you'd be worried, but uh, she, yeah, knows, yeah. she knows how to release it. Yeah, it's, it's great, you know, and I... It's funny, I see quite a few ex-athletes from my era, they're not really pushing their kids to be athletes mm. um, because they know it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's a hard mental game and if you don't want to do it, you can't do it. Mm. Mm. You've, got, you've got to want it. 
Oh, that's it. So, but yeah, like I just think, yeah, you're doing the work, you know. It's like anything, you know. If you go about your life, uh, you know, with some structure and every morning you do something which gets you back to feeling new again, then you go out into the world probably uh, more, more. I suppose, a lot better than what you would if, if you were stressed or anxious, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I think exercise is really good because it actually just helps you release a bit of energy and releases some emotions and doing that in the morning I think can set you up for a good day. Yeah, yeah, you always start off on the right foot. But, I, you know, I, I love Monday mornings. I always say, you know, it's the first day of the, of new opportunities. Let's get into it. And, uh, you know, I think that drilling that into kids, you know, they're at the swimming pool. My, my athletes have to swim on a Monday morning. And I say, you know, it's great that you got it, got here and you're disciplined enough to start the day on a positive note. And, you know, when you do get a job and you've got to be somewhere, you know that, you know, you're going to have the discipline to get up, be there, be on time. Do you think? But I think it's important that um, you know you find a career and, and 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 something that you do in your life that gives you that fulfilment. Mm. You know, not just I, I feel bad for people that get into that day to day grind at work and they don't feel like they're achieving anything. Yeah. So I think uh, I, I don't know. It'd be it's something good to be aware of and go well. Okay, what do I need need to do outside of this to give me that sense of fulfilment? You know. Is it is it really a sense of fulfilment, or is it just something that I think that I'm expected to be doing? You know, like being a father or being a mother, or mm. you know, doing all of those things. But you know, you need to find something that really gets you your juices flowing. Oh, mate, I, I wish I had that education when I was a young fella, and about you know the emo- uh, sorry the economy trap. You know, just getting caught up mm. in the economy trap is uh, is yep. such a bloody yep. you know soul destroyer at the end of the day. You know, but if you're yeah. able to, could you imagine being that? Imagine being that guy that works for seven, you know, 50 years or whatever for the same company, gets the gold watch and goes home, sits down and dies a year later. Yeah. Like, oh, holy shit. Mate. I know, but there's a lot of people that do. and um, There is, yeah, yeah. But, but, but mate, um, you know, like just to have the ability to, to do what you love, I think it's really key. And I, I think you've done yeah. that. Like you've actually been in a discipline and an environment that you do love it. And, um, yeah. you know, if you're doing it with force and – you know, these these poor young fellows and that that are out there struggling with uh, with financial debt. You know, and that can be yeah, taken away yeah. from them really quickly if they uh, they lose their jobs or whatever. Like, I just think the more yeah. we can do to eliminate risk in our life, then the better off we're going to be to be able to be ourselves, rather than you know, like sort of stressed and 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 um. And out of I 100% balance. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, if you can get yourself in a position where you or you you know you're eliminating. Uh, yeah, the risk or the chance of being in debt, or um, you know, and then you can take a chance. Like, like I, I, I do like a big believer. I'm a big believer in just going right. I need to make a change. If you feel like you're in a rut or or your career is not on path or you're not getting that satisfaction, like don't you know? You you've got to summons up the courage to take a right or a left turn and go right. I'm going to do something completely different here. Oh, that's it. And it's gonna it's gonna rock the boat. But sometimes that takes a bit of you know bit of balls to. To do it, I, I remember I finished my Ironman career and I put so many eggs in one basket, I finished up the career. I'd, uh, various reasons, the actual Ironman series stopped suddenly. They pulled the sponsorship from, from out from under the, the series and um, it's like, shit, well, what do we do now? Because I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't get a degree or anything like that. And, and then I, 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 in my, my way of thinking, I'm, a, I'm a, an executive of a company, but in reality with... My actual work experience. So I was lucky to be a bloody 
you know, office boy. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden, oh, shit, what do I do now? So I had a passion for cars and that industry and I I had some good leadership qualities. So, I, you know, I did a bit of leadership work with, with corporate team building and stuff like that. And um, then I uh, kept working and trying to get involved more and more into cars and found myself actually uh, auditioning for Movie World's new car stunt show. Oh yeah, I remember that. In, yeah, and so I um, you imagine this process where I've turned up. I used had to use a lot of self talk to get myself through this, but I rocked up to um an audition with ten other guys, and there was I was one one group of twelve, lots of ten that went and did the auditions, and uh, there was only ten spots available for this new show, and uh, and I look around the room and I, I recognise Warren Luff is a you know, Bathurst podium get a V8 supercar driver. He was one of the guys, and there was all these other guys that seemed to know each other and like stunt drivers and this and the other. And so I thought, just go out there and just go back to basics. You know what to do. You know how to drive. I've done a bit of racing up to that point. Don't let the nerves get the better of you. You know, take a deep breath. Use all the processes that you've learnt through being an athlete and go and do the tests that they give you. You know, it was a process of elimination. Do this, slide the car up to this mark and do this and do that and then I culled five at the end of the halfway through the day and I made that cut and then the afternoon they're like right and there's Warren Luff next to me and another couple of stunt guys and it's like right we're going to do a forward 360 and go through those cones so we'll go and execute the thing no, no problem and well, we're doing that now backwards and anyway by the end of the process I um, made the, the tent and worked at Movie World for two years and did 1,500 live shows and learned how to drive on two wheels and all of this stuff. And then off the back of that, auditioned to drive in the last Mad Max film with Charlize Theron and uh, got picked up there, spent six months in Namibia filming Mad Max and then fast forward 10 years and I've just finished filming the newest Mad Max, which is in production, called Furiosa, which... uh, so isn't it amazing how just breathing and learning to control my anxiety and nerves in that initial audition led to me being in two Mad Max films and, you know, being a part-time stuntman. Oh, mate. I, I actually never – I sort of had a, a bit of a flashback of, of that, like that movie world thing going on, but I never realised you mm. sort of took it to that extreme. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a really cool journey, you know. I, to get asked back to do the second uh, Mad Max film. So we've just fil- finished filming in the off-season now called Furiosa, which is uh, basically Mad Max 5 if you put numbers on them. And uh, mm. I was employed as a conditioner of the stuntmen and, and um, stunt person as well and did some motorbike stuff in that film as well. So that's going to come out next year. Really exciting, you know, and in between um, come back to my coaching gig. So... It's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting, interesting journey, and um, you know, I've made managed to make sort of a career out of my passions, which is you know, surf life saving or sport and driving. So you know, super lucky, and you know, I don't know. Sometimes I believe in creating your own luck, yep. you know, a little bit of a discipline and dedication, and obviously passion. You can create your own opportunities. Oh mate, you 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 you're open, aren't you? You 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 you're mm. basically just opening yourself up to, to potential and possibilities, no doubt. And uh, yeah. um, just because of the so- f- go ahead. 
though it doesn't feel like work, you know, when you're passionate about something. That's it. But, but you put in the big days. But you, you know, you look at your, your journey throughout, uh, you know, your, your life and sort of getting to where you've been now and, and that sort of stuff, like, it's just pretty much a natural prog- progression and you haven't sort of said 10 years ago or whatever it was, I'm, I'm going to be the, a stunt card, right, I'm going to do this and that. It's just, mm. like, I wouldn't say things fall into your lap, but, but things happen because you're actually putting yourself a position for, in, in a position for them to yeah. happen. I think that's really important, you know. Yeah, yeah, and giving you, you know, when something comes up, you don't roadblock it and go, oh, I can't do that like that. You know, you're still here, and I do it too. Even, you know, you, you'll you'll go, oh, I'm not good enough to do that or take that next step. I'm just going to hang back here in my safe space. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you've got to push yourself a little bit beyond where you think you could you can go, and opportunities are right there in front of you. You just just got to take the step, mate. Like you know, the the, the weirdos, and I'm one of them. Talk about the universe. <laughs> the, the universe yeah. uh, always giving you the opportunity to do uh, yeah. to do these wonderful things. But if you you're, you're blocking yourself and you're getting in your own road, you'll yeah. never get there. But if you just just open yeah. it up, then it's amazing what what appears. You know, you got to be ready to see them, haven't you? That's it. Yeah. But if you if you you're not, then then you mm. you're actually blinding yourself to what's uh, what's possible. And I just think. We've all got that potential as humans, guy, you know, whether there's someone listening to this and they're really struggling just to do those things like you said before about those things every day, which actually take you on a path of, of development and growth and, and having that, that growth yeah. mindset, I think, is probably uh, a really, yeah. really key to open yourself up to what's what's possible. And you get to the end of your life and you think, fuck, that was good. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. you leave uh, leave on good terms, I suppose. I think that's... Uh, that's I reckon a, if there's... I mean, if someone's out there listening and going, you know, they're stuck in a rut and they're, they're you know, full of that self-doubt, and it's just just a matter of going, you know what, have a little bit, of, just have that little bit of courage to go out there and just try and make it make a change. Sometimes it feels like a massive change of direction of your life, but mm. you know, you, you're never going to know unless you have a crack. Like I, I, were, I went to an event the other day and. Had two young ladies racing in a in an open event. They're only just seventeen, and they're racing, you know, three years outside their age category. And they were they were nervous and worried about the result. And I said, "Listen, I said I can tell you from experience." And I looked at looked out at the beach, and there was 120 other girls ready to race. I said, "There's varying levels of of athletes here, from you know professionals all the way down." to you guys, said, and I'll tell you, 100% guarantee that every one of them has some level of fear and self-doubt in their head right now, including the very best that are right here. Mm. I said, they're no different to you. So it's how you deal with it mm. that's going to make the difference. And, uh, and they sort of looked at me and I said, they said, really? I said, yeah, yeah, like you'll have the best girl there. She's on the line. She'll have some level of doubt there. But because she's prepared... And she knows and she trusts their preparation and she trusts the people in, around her and she just sucks up a little bit of courage, just takes a deep breath and goes out there and all of a sudden the body's doing what yeah, nice. you know, she planned on doing. And I said, you guys are just the same. I said, so just take a breath and go and jump on the line and see what happens. And, they, you know, they did fantastic. So yeah, it's just a matter of having that little bit of belief in yourself. Giving them freedom, mate. I think that's key, isn't it? Like we're seeing more mm. more with athletes now in team sports. So just you know, give them the ability to be able to go and just love it and and, and enjoy what they're doing. I think that's when you can open yourself up to 
to, to greatness, yeah. you know, if you're forcing it, then you get forced back against and the body might uh, injure you or you might get an injury or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you get in your own road. But I just think with that, that freedom, it's really important. My, my journey was guy like coming from a small country town and a lot of people that listen to this are from a small country town. It's actually like stopping worrying what other people think about you and yeah uh, <laughs> you know and uh and just getting out and, and doing something and for me that was running like you know i i wasn't in, uh, into athletics when i was young but you know i started with a, with a bit and then i just did a bit more and a bit more and all of a sudden that self-doubt uh, disappeared and i reckon yep. that self-doubt can disappear if you just give yourself a chance for it to happen i um i tra- tried different things over my, my career where i felt completely out of my depth Yep. Yeah. You know, so like, and it's that same thing. You know, you 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 worry about what other people think of you. Like, put put have a think about this scenario. I finished Ironman career. I'm supposed to be some sort of big surf life saving champion. So everywhere I go, if it's a different sport, there's an expectation. Whether it's one that I put on myself or other people go, oh, that's guy Andrews. You know, he's at a mountain biking race. He should be good. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like. Well, that's not guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I could easily just go. I'm not going to do that race because that's not my cup of tea, and I don't want to fail in front of other people. Mm. But, but I thought, you know what? I'm, no, I really want to do that. I really want to try it, and I just have to not care what other people think. So the best story I've got around this is going to an orienteering event because I needed to learn how to run and read a map, an orienteering map, and everyone goes, "Oh, that can't be too hard." But you go and do it in a in a sporting environment. So I, I I wanted to do these adventure races where I had to navigate cross country sometimes for days on end, and I'm like I've got to learn how to navigate probably. So <laughs> yeah. I go I can't can't be too hard, you know. So I went to a local orienteering event, and there's and it's one of those nerdy sports where you get a lot of older people doing it and young people doing it, real kind of club environment. I don't know, like the club environment, sort of like amateur environment, but really lovely people. But they're really into their thing, you know. And, and then um, so I go out on this Ironman guy, you know, and I'm super fit, just finished the Ironman series. Give me that map. Yeah, right. There's these little markers, <laughs> white and orange markers in the bush. And I'm running flat out. Oh, I know where that is. I can find that easy. And I go get to where I think it is and it's not there. Mm. And I start walking around and I finally find it. And Because you go off in in your own it's like a time trial so you go off different times and so i get there and i'm punching the little card and this little old lady she would have been 70. she's got her long pants on and her little leg gaiters and her long shirt and her little hat and her glasses and she walks up to the thing and she goes oh hello sonny and then she clips the thing i go yeah how you going i'll take off to the next one it's only it's a few hundred meters to the next one and i run flat out direction of the of the you know the next one and i'm looking for the control they call it i'm looking for it searching around because i've just run there flat out without any thought <laughs> and i find it i run across the thing and then a the little old lady standing there clipping and she goes oh you found it sonny <laughs> so and i just went oh man like i've got to slow down and yeah. learn how to do this and but but the thing was that um the lesson for me was that I could have easily just gone and not tried to do that, and then and that was clearly a fa- massive fail. Like here I am, a guy that could run twice as fast as this lady, mm-hmm. taking longer to find the checkpoints because I just didn't slow down. So I just okay, I took a step back, removed my ego, slowed everything down, 
and le- and got to learn the process. And then I, you know, twelve months later, I was winning these events and mm. becoming, you know, using my ability to its best advantage. But this, the lesson for me was that if I never tried or had the courage to try and fail in the first place, I never would have learned that new skill. Yes. Hundred percent. So, hundred uh, percent. You know, and then I went off, went off around the world doing adventure races for the next t- ten years and having an absolute ball. You know, so um, yeah, I think you're just gonna not be afraid of failing, not be afraid of change. Mate, tortoise in the hair. I remember going in uh, in races too and running straight past the mark and um, and then like having to run <laughs> run run back and there's a bloke yeah, that, yeah. that I'd passed like you know five or ten minutes ago and he's at the same corner as me. And I'm thinking, it's humbling. Oh fuck, you know. So <laughs> yeah, and you put everything into it, you know, and then, then yeah, you just yeah. get like a kick in the guts. And uh, but there's they're, yeah. they're the lessons that were probably the most valuable for me, you know, because mm. yeah, you you you're pushing yourself, you're on, and uh, you really need to be able to calm the fuck down so you can actually observe what's going on in the moment, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know when you control control that. Um, that energy and control yourself and your brain and, and your brain and your body works together. I, I love that mm. process of, you know, I really got a lot out of learning to navigate in cross country competitions like that day and night and finding your way. I don't know what it was about it, but it's just something that, you know, I enjoyed and I did that and it was a good outlet for me. I still had that athletic side that I wanted to satisfy. Mm. And, um, you know, that lent itself at the time. I was doing a lot of corporate team building stuff. So it taught me a lot about working in, yeah. in teams because a lot of those races are in small teams as well so um it was pretty cool you know and that was just me you know i could have just not done it because i could have you know i was getting beaten and a lot of people would go oh i beat guy andrews yeah and they'd get a they'd get a bit of a thrill out of it and then i'd get the shits because i'm like oh well, i should be able to beat that guy but then i'm <laughs> like well i'll just need to do better or i need to just suck it up or I need to respect that guy for what he you know go back to that old lesson that i learned mm. Mm. that they must have done the work as well, and they deserve my respect as much as the reverse. You know? Oh, mate, amazing! And um, yeah, I just think I just think there's, there's so much uh, of a lesson in that because once you once you you fail, if you can get yourself back up to saying, okay, what what's happened? Why haven't I been able to do this well? And then start to you know break that down, and then start to move forward. Mm. That that's a a, a huge. Um, a huge pathway to personal development, which is so much more powerful than winning a race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, it's about the process and and the development. Yeah, as you as a person. So, yeah, totally agree. You know, even with the driving, same analogy. I came back from on Mad Max and I drive, and I hadn't been on a racetrack for a while. I got a got on the racetrack, and I was going pretty good, and then. Didn't really think I could go any faster. And then I get a phone call from a mate who was a mentor as Tony Longhurst who's won Bathurst <laughs> and done all sorts of stuff. I sent him a video of my driving and he rings me up and he goes, right, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And, but, and I went and I looked back at the video and I said, oh, he's bloody right. Here's me thinking I was killing it. And I'm, and I'm making these fundamental errors and, uh, you know, and I still was able to improve and learn and go faster. Uh, you know, when you already think you're there, because so that's another valuable lesson is you can always do better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt about it, mate. What's what's next for you? Like, uh, you, I, I suppose you got any real ambitions between now and 60, or are you just sort of happy to cruise along and see what happens? Oh, 
I do need to do – for me personally, I like to have something big and exciting to do every few years that I can really sink my teeth into. Um, I haven't identified exactly what that is yet, but uh, <laughs> one of the things I've been trying to do is get on one of these stupid reality shows. I want to do like a SAS Australia oh, yeah. or one of those type of shows, but that sort of comes down to casting and who – they think fulfills their uh, their casting needs, but uh, sort of a little bit out of my hands. But I'd like to do something like that. Uh, but and personally, I've got some some goals with my coaching. You know, I've got some really good athletes coming through, so I'm getting you know getting a lot of personal satisfaction from seeing those developments there as well. And doing a little bit more um, uh, back in surf sports myself as a master. So uh, it's funny though, I don't get the same personal satisfaction out of doing those races. Uh, for some reason, you know, as I do when I go and just do a car race or something, something different, something a little away from what I've sort of cut my teeth doing. So, yeah, there's a number of opportunities there. I, I actually probably identify – good that you asked me that because I, I can't put my finger right on what it is that I would like to do in the next few years. So that's probably something that I want to go away and just go, right, here it is. This is what I'm going to sort of sink my teeth into. One of the reasons I think I haven't – done that is because I'm, I'm enjoying spending having the flexibility and spending so much time with my my daughters mm. and um and i and i and sometimes i and i have found even not so long ago um when my daughter was born i was still competing in the world um off-road tries as a master triathlon on a mountain bike mm -hmm. and uh and i noticed that i was still that little bit obsessive about my own sporting agenda and I don't want that to get in the way of, you know, the, the, the times that I'm spending with my daughter as she grows up. So, you know, we're doing things like I bought an e-mountain bike, an electric mountain bike, and I've got the shotgun seat that sits between the, the seat and the handlebars, and my six, I ride my six-year-old to school every morning, and she just absolutely adores it. And I think, I think how, you know, I put the music on the handlebars, we've got the phone, and she puts her songs on, and she sings and rides the thing, and we do a lap of the skate park and a little jump, and she just thinks it's the best thing ever. And I'm, I'm actually thinking to myself, this is actually as rewarding as anything I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just this moment, and then when she's going to reflect on that, you know, as she gets older, and it's going to be some those special moments growing up. So, you know, maybe I don't have to find something to fulfill me mm. in the next 10 years it's maybe i'm already doing it yeah i'm at the same stage i'm 51 and i'm thinking geez I, i'm itching to do something but i just i keep getting mm. held back or just pulling myself back when i sort of go towards it but the, i think but, that mate, look at what look at what you're doing in this space it's like maybe you're already doing it yeah possibly yeah but you know what it's like as guys we always don't give ourselves credit and we always want to keep chasing mm, for something you don't, else you're always looking for something in front of you rather than what you're doing right now yeah, yeah. exactly but you look at your daughter and that's that's the big lesson for us all she's completely in the moment with, with what she's doing yeah and, yeah and, totally and that that's the gift of being a human i think to be able to get to that stage yeah 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 i think for me you know i mean to answer the previous question i've, I've started my youtube channel yeah it's one of my passions i really enjoy that creative outlet and mm. it's a challenge for me you know i'm a I'm a, uh, you know, I'm just trying to understand the, you know, editing and filming and doing all this. And then, you know, the world, the internet's an interesting thing. You know, you put it out there and you, you do this little creation and you're proud of it. And then you get some internet troll going, oh, you dickhead, you didn't use the right sound on blah, <laughs> yeah, blah. And, you, yeah. and then you've got to use your emotional intelligence to go, hey, that's just some guy 
on the other side of the world who's got an opinion that's fine you know but then you know you'll get 10 other people saying oh that's fantastic so yep but isn't it amazing how you always want to focus on the negative one so oh, just sort of yeah, yeah you know that's the world we live in but uh you know i, I want to just build that up and, and and open up more opportunities to you know test fancy cars and go to racetracks and and have a bit of fun in that space so that's sort of my side passion at the moment when i'm not at work so i always say to um, people that are on this site the best yet to come and i reckon your best still yet to come mate like god you know you're open yeah, yeah. it's exciting yeah no i i like that it that gave me a bit of a bit of a little tingle when you said it actually i reckon i reckon that's that's the way you got to look at it eh? it's always mm. always something oh, good to come mate but you know what, like you think about it when back in the 90s, the, the world's still operating the same way uh, without all the, all the, the stuff that's got in the road, you know. We, mm. we've, got, we've got this beautiful weather, we've got all these, um, these great things that are going on for us. We've just got to reconnect yeah. to that and just open ourselves up to our potential and our possible, um, you know, possible uh, opportunities to be the best um, that we can be and be able to sort of thrive for the rest of our lives. My old mate yeah, Marcus Pizzo sure. says, make the rest of your life the best of your life. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, reckon, yeah. I reckon we can use the experience we've had to be able to help us, whether we need post-traumatic growth or whether we've been through stress or, you know, lots of trauma. Yeah. Let's yeah. actually work on that and, and just be able to move forward, possibly if we can. Yeah. And when we go back, you know, help ourselves with those little one percenters, which can help us, um, you know, just, just, just keep striving ahead. I think it's really key. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. Yeah, mate. How can how can people get hold of you? What's the YouTube channel called? So it's just if they just go onto uh, youtube.com forward slash guys garage. That's my uh, my handle on YouTube, and uh, social media handles are the same. Um, the uh, you know it's definitely more male focused and car car oriented. I, I, I flirted with doing a few other things outside of the car genre but when you look at the global audience you know like people don't really know me as guy andrew's the iron man so um mm. you know it's a limited audience in that respect and, and i'm passionate about cars so i just go on i go to the racetrack and film a film a track day or i test a car you know there's more to come where i'm going to start pulling out some um we're going to do some two-wheeling on camera soon with a with an old ford and have a bit of a laugh with a few mates teaching them how to do that so there's you know it's evolving and we're it's just basically a bit, some bit of fun and and uh, yeah yeah we just uh, you know different different vehicles and different different uh, different stuff you know around the automotive industry industry essentially but uh, you know I'll keep it keep it straight down the line with auto and I've got a I've got a side project where I might just separate my YouTube channels out into the more outdoorsy stuff it's which is called play outside which I won't confuse the audience with right now because it's not not up and running but Guys' garage is me and cars and blokes having a bit of a laugh. So, uh, yeah, jump on and have a look. Good stuff, mate. I'm sure there will be plenty of people that do. And, uh, and a, lot of, a lot of car enthusiasts, uh, you, you, enthusiasts that like, live in regional areas. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, 100%. You know, that, and I'll like expand it. I want, I want to get guys and Well, part of the guys' garage thing was going to blokes' places and going, oh, show us your car. Let's check out what you've got in the garage and then talking about their life you know maybe expanding on that so i'd like to do a bit of a series where you know we might have a bit of a talk about the, the person and how they acquired the car and you know what's going on in their life so it could be a, a cool thing to um expand into down the track so i've started doing those it's funny the first one i did was the other week was a guy who had a collection of cars but he didn't want to be on camera 
<laughs> so it became just about the car. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm sure down the track we'll have some other interesting characters that come on and we talk about their cars and, and life and stuff like that. So it'll be a bit of a laugh. When you drill down on it, mate, um, uh, there's always an emotion or something happening in someone's life that's got the connection with, with that particular, you know, item. In my shed at yep. the moment, it's the first time I've ever had a car on the shed, a second car is a 1988 yep. Mercedes. Uh, yeah, Merc, <laughs> was it? Yeah, not yeah, nice. I bought it, bought it yeah. like six months ago to get me around. I love it. It's great to drive. Uh, but, yeah, but yeah. My, my connection is to that, mate, is when I was at the trampoline centre in Horsham when I was a kid, I did a backflip landing on my head and the yeah. uh, and the, the guy that run the centre took me to the uh, the hospital or whatever it was uh, in, the in, back of, in the back of a Merc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was a smooth, yeah, smooth funny? as silk, smooth as silk. That's it, so... Yeah, nice and comfortable. Yeah, That's you remember because it didn't hurt your neck. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And, you know, they, it's, they, a, it's they, cool, eh? There's always a story around that. And that's that's something I'd love to sort of explore. Uh, we'll do that, you know, guy's garage and have that sort of connection with, with you know, why someone has a car or why they're connected to that car. So, you know, like it's um, I'm gonna hold it's you cool, sis. So I'll hold you to All that. Right. I reckon uh, that's, that's your calling to do that for sure, mate. Make a lot of people happy. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, well, done, mate. I'll send you I'll send you the link as soon as we get the next one up. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Been a pleasure, mate. Really appreciate it. Go and enjoy your day. Thanks, mate, and keep up the great work. I appreciate it. Thank you.